0: there this morning, come on, just lift your hands right now, we offer up a sacrifice of praise to you, Almighty God, that you are our champion, undefeated, undefeated, come on, whether you know the Bible or you're maybe new to the Bible, probably everybody has heard the story of David and Goliath. It's used in sports analogies of a weaker team coming against and maybe defeating a stronger team. The background of that story, if you don't know it, was that there was a king named King Saul who should have been fighting the Philistines and Goliath and all those enemies. But he was hiding and the nation was hiding. And then this Little 17-year-old freckle-faced kid, the Bible says, shows up at the battlefield, and he hears the taunts of Goliath, and he was alarmed in his spirit while nobody was doing anything to face this giant. And the Bible says he then went to the king and said, hey, you know, I, I want to I fight this giant. The king actually tried to give him his own armor. And the king was a very tall man, and, and the armor just didn't fit him. And the Bible says, if you know the story, Fani, he persuaded the king to let him go after this giant. And everybody, you can imagine, all his brothers were there, and he had to fight all kind of peer pressure and all kind of situations to go against this so-called champion. But the Bible says that he came to Goliath. He just didn't come to him like meandering. He ran at his giant. And he began saying before that, God's going to show Israel a great victory today. He knew he had a champion. He had a champion on the inside of him, the champion that he worshiped, David, when he was feeding the sheep and on the side of a mountain. When everybody might have been doing their own thing, he was spending time with God. Listen, are you hanging out with God a little bit during the quarantine, COVID? Uh, Are are you drawing near to him? Are, Are the giant's voices getting louder and louder, or is the voice of God getting louder and louder? You've got a champion. You've got a champion available whether you know him or not. He can be available to you right now, this morning. And he wants you to run at every giant, every obstacle, every opposition that you're facing, whether it's personally, in your mind, in your family, in your finances, in your body, whatever it looks like, he wants you to run at your giant and defeat him. Because Jesus Christ has already made a way. He is our champion. Can you say amen? And amen. We believe that's happening in your life and in your family's life, wherever you're at this morning. Come on, give it up. Some, some clap emojis and some high fives to the praise and worship team. What an amazing, amazing job this morning again. I love that song. He is our champion. Come on, I want you to put that in the chat this morning. We're so glad that you're with us. Our host did an amazing job, Brittany and Jen, again, this morning, just kind of drawing us in. Give us some information about what's gone on and some great, great testimonies about what can happen with generosity in our lives. So glad you've been with us for this journey for several months since we've kind of been in lockdown and quarantine. Thankful again that you're hanging out with us. And really believe that the message this morning is just going to button up some things that we've been talking about for the last several weeks on a series of lessons for about eight weeks now called principled living we started out this series of lessons really talking about several people that really developed and had principles in their life that would cause them to succeed we talked about job and we talked about being patient and suffering we talked about Noah about being obedient to the word of God we talked about Daniel with just having an excellent spirit we talked about Joseph and the power of forgiveness and and yet we, we found out this overriding principle that is in every man or every woman that you love That you read in the scriptures or or that maybe a Christian man or woman that you admire so dearly, this principle, I guarantee it will be embedded in their life uh, and and you you would want that in your life and you can have it, we said. It's really called the principle of faith. It's got to be a bedrock issue. It's got to be a foundational issue in your life. And and, and I believe it to be so that you're going to see this increase in your life as you have ears to hear what the Scripture is really saying to you and through you today and in this entire series. If you haven't been with us, go back and check on our YouTube channel and of course all the messages are there for your enjoyment. So thanks for the tech team and all the work they're doing. Come on, give it up. Shout out to the tech team there in the chat. They're doing an amazing job. All the cameramen and camera women and all the people that are just doing a great, great job. Hallelujah for help. Come on. We said last week and probably the week before That there's four times in the scriptures that it says the same phrase, the just shall live by faith. If you see something once in scripture, come on, uh, it's amazing. But twice, man, hold the phone. Three times, come on, get the dog out of the house. Four times, wow, man, God's trying to drill home a point to us that the just, the people that make Jesus the Lord of their life... We need to have a lifestyle of faith. Uh, We'll talk about what that means again today. If you haven't been with us, we'll button all this up. And I want to drill down on one specific thing that I really think, I don't necessarily wanna say it's the missing ingredient, but it's something I think that we constantly have to ask ourselves this question on how, how do I get my faith activated? So let's just kinda of talk about that as we jump into the message in the next couple of minutes. We said this a couple weeks ago, I wanna review real quick, is that faith has to be your lifestyle, your belief style, your speaking style, and your action style. This is how your life functions. This is what's going on in your life and my life. And again, faith has to be in everything you do, your lifestyle. It's how you think. It's how you conduct your business. It's how you deal with your spouse. It's how you go to work. It's how you raise your family. It's lifestyle. It's got to be your belief style, whether you've got a full cupboard or nothing in the cupboard, whether you've got a lot of money in the bank or no money in the bank. Your belief needs to be a belief style of faith. Your speaking style, again, whether, you're, whether it's lean or you got a lot, your speaking style doesn't mean you're, you're not being real, but your speaking style is one of faith. You are agreeing with the Word of God, and the Word of God is coming out of your mouth, and it has to be your action style. In other words, the attitude and what you do and how you act on the Word of God, th- this is all incorporated in everything that we need to do and everything that you need to hold dear. So once again... I want to remind you is that church just isn't a Sunday thing. It's an everyday 24 hours a day thing. It's who you are no matter what's going on, no matter what it looks like, no matter, again, if you're in a cave hiding like David did a couple times, running from people trying to kill him, you might feel like you're hiding today, yet his heart was directed toward God, and the brother was writing some psalms while he was in a cave. Come on. You can have a song while you're in a pit. Come on, son. Don't make me have a Jericho march around here this morning. So we said this also a great definition from actually the amplified Bible in the book of Colossians about what faith is. So one more time by, by review, faith means the leaning of your entire human personality. Come on, how many know God can get in your personality? How many know some friends maybe sitting on the couch with you? I wish God would get in their personality. Well, forget about them. We want God getting in your personality. Uh, faith means the leaning of your entire human personality <laughs> on God. In absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. Come on. In his power, he's all powerful. There's nothing he can't do. We just sang that a moment ago. In his wisdom, he knows everything. He knows how to get what you need when you need it. He knows how to turn someone's heart to be favorable to you. He is all wise, and he is nothing but good. Come on, everybody. And so our faith is directed toward God, and so we just lean. Come on, maybe you've been leaning on the wrong thing. Maybe you've been leaning on your past. You've been leaning on somebody. You've been leaning on your own money. You've been leaning on your own education, and some of that stuff might be crumbling. You've been leaning on all your relationships, and and all those things are good. but, But for faith to work, church, you've got to lean on God. The scripture calls him a sure foundation. Come on, everybody. He's going to be there with you. He didn't say you wouldn't go through some tough times. He didn't, didn't say you wouldn't ever go through the valley of the shadow of death. He said he's going to be with you. So we lean on God in absolute trust and confidence. Woo, come on. In his power, in his wisdom, and in his goodness. Now here's where we want to go for the next couple minutes while we're here this morning again, button everything up. It's going to sound way too simple. So, so all you real smart people are way smarter than me. Don't turn off the channel. Come on, don't, don't, don't put on a Netflix video. This is where we're going to go because really, if you lean in for the next 30 minutes or so, this is going to, we're going to expand this thought. And I really think, again, this could be, could be a missing ingredient consistently in your life to really get your faith in a different place. And here's the big thought. For faith to work, you have to do something. Just stop right there. Just stop right there. I I, I know that's so simple, and I know some of y'all are out there thinking, come on, Gary, give me something a little deeper. This is like milk. Give me some meat. This right here is ribeye. For faith to work, you have to do something. Now, now, now stop right here. I'm not saying you're making God do anything. No, no, no. Listen to me. You're cooperating with God. For your faith to work, you have to do something. You have to act on the word you heard. Over and over and over, we find this thought to be so true in Scripture when we see impossible situations, somebody had to act on a word of God. Somebody had to believe God. Somebody had to come to Jesus in the Gospels. For your faith to work, you have to do something. I was raised in a church that was very, very, very similar, just like our church right here. I, mean, I don't know how I picked this up by some people that I hung around with. I was ultra spiritual, you know, young guy, twenty years old. I was thinking about being a monk. Come on, somebody! I've been married thirty-six years. How many know that didn't stick very long? Uh, I, I was thinking about just just serving God with all my life, or just just going full bore. And and I, I'm thinking that if God was ever going to do something for me, that that God's just going to drop it down. Come on, God's gonna God's gonna get you the job while you're sitting home at the house. God's gonna get some money, a check is going to come in the mail. And I've seen some stuff happen that's crazy, but what I've seen more than not is that for your faith to work, you see what God says, and then you do what God says, and then God blesses what he said he's going to bless. Can I get a hallelujah out there in the house? Remember the story, some of you maybe in the Old Testament, you haven't read this before, but there was two prophets in the Old Testament, a brother named Elijah, and he had a protege for about 8 to 10 years named Elisha. crazy story. 2 Kings read it. Not talking about today. Let me just give you the the, the cliff notes right now. Before Elijah was going to go to heaven, evidently he knew his time was winding down. And and so uh, he was trying to really kind of see if Elisha was going to be with him and stick with him. And and he told him to stay at a certain city. And he said, I ain't going. I ain't staying there. I'm staying with you, Elijah. And and then finally he came to the very last. This happened three times in 2 Kings chapter 2. And Elijah says to Elisha, okay, man, what, what do you want me to give you before I'm out of here before God takes me up in this whirlwind what what do you want me to do for you and Elisha says I want a double portion of your anointing and Elijah, Elijah says back to him if you see me when I go up to heaven that's what's going to happen in your life the very next scripture Check it out sometime in 2 Kings 2. The very next scripture says all of a sudden, man, there's this noise in the heaven and there's this whirlwind and God comes down and parts the brothers, uh, takes the brothers apart. I'm thinking that Elisha is hanging on to Elijah saying, I want a double portion, baby. I don't want you going without me getting what I want. Well, well, they were parted asunder, the Bible says, and Elijah left the earth still alive. Wow, you might need to think about that. <laughs> There's a couple brothers in heaven never experienced physical death. One's Elijah, the other brother's called Enoch in the book of Genesis. You might want to read that. Woo, it'll flip your noodle a little bit. Well, well, the Bible says when he went up, something didn't go up. His mantle stayed down on the ground. His outer cloak, His outer cloak. And so after Elijah went up, Elisha grabs Elijah's cloak or mantle and he he smites the, the, the river. He smites that stream and he says, where is the God of Elijah? And all of a sudden the stream parts just like it did for Elijah. It was crazy. We see this power happen. We see the same power that was on Elijah is now on Elisha. But here's the big picture. (laughs) Right now, you could have faith just like that mantle, just like that cloak. But until you pick it up, until you grab it, until you hit something with it, no river is going to part. The Bible says something amazing. He's given to every man the measure of faith. This was in John 3. Everybody, everybody listening today, you've got a measure of faith. Ever What it was, I don't know, a spoonful, come on, a teaspoonful, a shovelful, a truckful. I don't know. He gives us all a measure. Whatever that measure is, I think it really says he gives all of us the same measure. And he's asking you now, do something with what I've given you. Because the scripture says, if you'll do something with what I've given you, I'll give you more. I'll increase it. I'll increase it. So Elisha could have been hanging around all the time going, I asked for twofold miracles. Ain't no double miracles happening in my life. When there's a mantle right there at his feet that all he needed to do was pick up and start moving in the purpose God has for his life. Someone said that Elijah had about 11 miracles that we are recorded in Scripture, and Elisha had 22. Double. He got exactly what he asked God for. I want to look at a couple of stories that are going to be familiar to a lot of us if you've been reading the Bible at all for any length of time. I want to go over them and I want to talk about them. I want to, to kind of look at a couple more things and, and drill down at the end with one scripture and I really believe button this whole thing up and this whole series up today, that if we're going to see God do something in our life, it's just not God doing something, it's you doing something. Not apart from God, but with God. The scripture actually says that signs will follow those. Follow those. These signs will follow those that believe. Come on, we're we're, we're we're following. We don't follow signs, signs follow us. We're we're working, the Lord working with them, the scripture says. The Lord wants to work with you. If you don't work, God doesn't work. So let's get your faith working. What does that mean? Let's talk about this. Read a scripture with me, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 6. Check it out. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed on him to listen to the word of God. Come on, you're pressing in this morning, listening to me preach the word of God. So, so, So let's believe something's happening in us right now. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, Simon is Simon Peter, his owner, to push out into the water. So Jesus then sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon again, Simon Peter, now, now, now here, Pete, now, now go out where it's a little deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now, now, let me ask you something. That's really not a very a hard thing to say. That's not a very um, uh, deep conversation. That's not a very uh, something that I need to I need to kind of like think about forever. I need to have you know a PhD. I need to, I need to work it out. It's just the, the 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 question you're asking or the request you're asking is just too far beyond me. No, he just says, "Hey, Pete." You know, I used your boat. I'm going to pay you back. Come on. Hey, just shout out to all y'all that are tithing, giving offerings, and are using your gift talent ability for the purpose of God. Come on, you're loving people, small group, and you're texting, you're Zooming. Come on, I believe God. When you give to God, he gets ready to give back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. Come on, men are going to give to your bosom. Things are going to happen in your life that don't happen until you let God use you or use your stuff. Amen. <laughs> so he just tells Peter, just launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But there's always a but. You got butts? I got some butts. <laughs> Peter says, Master, Simon, he says, we, we, we worked hard all night. Come on, we been working hard all night. And we didn't catch a thing. Man, we worked hard. We've been at this all night, Jesus. We've been fishing up and down this Galilee river. Come on, Sea of Galilee. There ain't no fish out there tonight. It's just they ain't biting tonight. We, come on, we're, we're fishermen. We're fishermen. Jesus, come on, Jesus. Jesus, you're a carpenter. Jesus, you're a preacher. You're not a fisherman. You don't know tide. You don't know wind. You don't know moons. You don't know stuff. Come on, you, you don't know none of that. This is our business. Ever said that? (laughs) Ever thought that? Maybe you wouldn't say it, but maybe by our inactivity, we're believing that. But notice what he says. But if you say so. Come on, put that in the chat. But if you say so. 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 Come on. But if you say so. Every time you read the word of God, you gotta say, but if you say so, this is the way it's gonna be. But if you say so, this is what I'm gonna have. But if you say so, this is how I'm gonna think. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. Again, Maybe that's a God word for some folks out listening today. Let down your net again. Come on, let your praise go up again. Let the word of God dwell in you richly again. Come on, phone somebody again. Let Send that email out again. Uh, come on, get, get that resume in front of that person again. Make that phone call again. Believe that God will do something again in, in your life as you obey what the master is telling you to do. So so he says, you know, if you say, I'm going to let it down again, verse 6, we love verse 6, and this time, come on, this time, what hadn't happened before, something happened this time. Come on, something happened this time. I I know you read the Bible a little bit. (laughs) I know know you passed out some groceries to some friends a little bit. I I know you tried tithing that one time a little bit. But, But how about you just let a repetition happen in your life where it's, And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Wow. For your faith to work, number one, you're going to have to get beyond your natural thinking. This is what I do. I'm a fisherman. This is what I do. I know this business. I know my family. I know my husband. I know my wife. I know what's going on with my kids. I know what's going on in culture. I know what's happening. But maybe God's asking you to do something again or do something a little different. And it's going to mess with your mind because your mind will tell you what hasn't happened or the way it's always been. That's exactly what Peter was dealing with. Here's what I know. Look at here. What you know can hinder you from what God said. What you know, what you know about that resume, what you know about that college application, what you know about whatever's going on in your life, what you know that the doctor said can hinder you from what God said. What I'm asking you to do, number one, is to renew your mind with the word of God. That's a daily thing. That's not a weekly thing. That's not a monthly thing. That's not something if you feel like it, it's what you do all the time. You renew your mind with the Word of God. You read the Word of God. You meditate. You think about the Word of God. You, you internalize the Word of God. You speak the Word of God. You renew your mind with the Word of God. I love this thought. This wasn't new to me, but I mean, I picked it up from somebody, is that what you know, I love this, what you know might be a fact, but it's not the truth. What you know is a fact. We're not denying facts. We're denying that truth supersedes facts. The fact is what's going on in the economy. The fact is what the doctor said in your body. The fact is the feeling. The fact is you're fighting depression, depressing thoughts. The fact is you see something happening with your kids. The fact is on and on and on and on. We fished all night and we caught nothing. That was a fact. But when the master says, throw your nets out again, that is the truth. Your life isn't based on the fact. Your life will be based on the truth. So your faith has got to look beyond the natural. And your faith has got to look beyond, we said last week, what's seen. And it has to go beyond into the unseen. I believe this to be true, sadly, And I hope you're making a switch today. I'm a little bit passionate. I'm sweating up here like a little pig right now. (laughs) Many of us want a miracle catch a fish without casting the net. We want God to do something. We want God to show up. Just, just, just cause, I don't know if you've seen the, the, that YouTube video or something, and I don't know where these brothers are, and I, I used to fish a little bit, and I like watching some fishing, you know, uh, whether it's tuna stuff or whether it's bass fishing in a lake, I like that kind of stuff. And I was watching a video, and there was guys coming down on a boat, and I don't know what happened, uh, but but the the, the the propeller of the boat stirs up these carp, and they start jumping out of the water. Y'all seen that? And and, and carp are jumping into the boat, all, or just flying, hitting the dudes, and, and they're all over this little inlet or this little lake. Or wherever they're at, it's crazy video, and I think we think that, that God's going to do that. God's just going to God's just going to start causing fish to jump out and just jump in our boat. Money's just going to show up on our doorstep. Healing's just going to all of a sudden happen without us partnering with God in any way. No, nope. no. Nope. I love you. Really appreciate you. Not trying to drive you off the Spectrum Church YouTube channel, but let me be your friend. No, nope. no. Nope. Thousand times no. Unless. You cast a net, you won't see a miracle. You have to believe, you have to cooperate, you have to agree, and you have to work the word in your life. We'll talk about it in just a couple seconds. Second story I see concerning this is, again, a very familiar passage of Scripture in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. Check it out. Jesus tells a parable, verse 1. He says, men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who didn't fear God or regard men. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And though he would not for a while, but afterward he said inside himself, though I don't fear God or regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continually coming, she weary men. He just got tired of the woman showing up. And it says, then the Lord said, this is the Lord, then, 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 come on, this is Jesus talking. He says, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, his own children, his own people who cry out to him day and night, though he bears long with them? Verse 8, key, verse 8, don't miss verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Jesus starts the parable and he says, men are always to pray and not lose heart. One translation says, don't give up, don't faint, don't lose courage. You ought to always pray. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Come on, keep praying. God hears you when you pray. Keep praying. Don't quit praying. Don't ever stop praying. God hears you when you pray. Why'd it take a week? I don't know. Why'd it take a month? I don't know. Why's it been a year? I don't know. Why has it been 10 years you've been praying about the same thing? I don't know, but I know what Jesus said. He said, you have to be a person that keeps praying, bringing your petition to Almighty God. The story is all about persistent faith. Listen, never quitting, never giving up. This is what the story's about. The story isn't about trying to overcome God's reluctance. That's not what the story is. God just wants me to beat, 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 No, 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 no. God doesn't want you coming like a little kid, one of your children, coming to your grandchildren saying, will you take me, 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 will you take me? No, that's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. But there's got to be a persistence in your life. There's something about that that God loves. You don't have to beg, but you have to come in faith in prayer. And we find over and over that in our prayers, there's got to be an ingredient of thankfulness. Even though it's ardent, even though it's heartfelt, even though there's pressure, even though there's angst and there's frustration maybe going on in your life, When we come to God and we pray, we're not begging. We're not beggars to God the Father. We're saying we're not overcoming your reluctance to bless us or to help us. My faith is in you. I'm leaning on you in absolute trust and confidence in your power and your wisdom. And your goodness, you're good, and I'm coming to you again. And I want to be like Elisha. I want to hang on to God, which like what he did to Elijah, and not let him go, regardless of what it looks like. Regardless of Elijah, Elijah moving to those three different cities, Elisha, stay close. Listen to me, church. Stay close right now. Stay close right now. There's all kinds of things trying to divide you. There's a a spirit of lawlessness and darkness in the earth like never before that's trying to separate you from the very love of God. Draw near and don't let the pressure and don't let the pain and, and don't let the time take you away from what God's saying to you right now and what his scriptures are saying. Again, God's not trying to keep something from you. He is keeping something for you. He's not keeping something from you. He's keeping something for you. I want you to think that way. I want you to believe that that God's actually, if, if you will, if you a human term or something maybe we can identify with, is that God loves it, and He plays, if you will, hide and seek. Uh, my my young one of my granddaughters that's here is Taylor and she's five and ever since she was real small and and she come to the house and Tony and Brittany are over the house all the time with uh, with the with their daughter and you know Isabella and now she's she's you know, grown twelve and Taylor's the next one she's five and, and now they've got a little baby just two months old but when Taylor was very small I would I would I I know they're coming to the house and I'd hide <laughs> I'd hide. And I'd whistle, I'd want her to try to find me. So I'd hide behind the curtains. I'd hide in the I'd hide in the pantry. I'd I'd hide under the under the coffee table. I just I I wanted her to try to find me. Uh, just, Just to have fun with her. And that's been our game still to this day. But God is a God who requires us to search for Him. That's pursuing Him. That's that's action. That's your faith in action in worship and in adoration he likes that when we pursue him the whole purpose of this parable is not that god's keeping something from you he's got something for you keep pursuing god we read this a couple weeks ago in hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 it says this now the just shall live by faith come on can you read that out loud that right there in your house Now the just shall, what? Live by faith. That's one of those things, one of those scriptures we found four times. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Notice again, God just says, I don't want you drawing back. I don't want you moving back. I don't want you pulling back. I I want you to live by faith. This is the lifestyle of a believer, to live by faith, to live by what is not seen, to live by what you believe, and then to cause your life to be uh, moving forward in that with your words and with your action and with your attitude and with your lifestyle, with your generosity, with your serving, everything, regardless of what it looks like, even though you have been fishing all night and you came up goose eggs. God says, cast that net again. Cast that net again. Cast that net again. I believe something's happening. Faith isn't denial, we've said. It's not denial. Faith is disagreement it's disagreement you disagree with what it looks like it's not denial this is true this is what it looks like this is a fact I should say it's not true it's a fact it's a fact but the truth of the Word of God supersedes the facts it's not denying it it's not denying pain it's not denying the turmoil in the home it's not denying the, the lying thoughts that are coming to your mind it's just saying I disagree with that final word in my life. I choose to agree with the truth of God's word and I'm going to act on that. And I'm going to base my life on what God says. Let me give you three things I think that are really important with this as we just start winding down right now. Faith in God means movement. Faith in God means means movement. Can you say that? Can you put that in the chat? Faith in God means movement. What does it mean? Number one, we move our mouth speaking God's word and praising him like it's true. We move our mouth. We move our mouth we move our mouth. We speak God's word. We confess God's word. We worship. We sing. Come on, you sing when you don't have a song in you. Come on, we are in a generation we can put on Christian. Come on, you can put on some K-Love. Come on, you can put on some Spotify you can find your country praise. You can find your hip-hop praise. You can find your gospel praise. You can find your whatever kind of praise you want in this generation and you can saturate it and put it on your Alexa in the house and She'll play it loud and proud. You can put it in your car. Listen to me. Faith means something's going on in your mouth. You move your mouth, praising God. Come on, saturate. Control the environment. Get the atmosphere changing in your home. Get it changing wherever you're at right now, and you'll see your life changing as you put God's word in your mouth. Secondly, faith in God means we move our mind. We move our mind. What? We think in line with God's word. We resist negative thoughts. Come on. We put on the whole armor of God. We got the helmet of salvation. We know what God says, and we know those lying thoughts. They're easy to detect when I know the truth. Come on. The truth of God's word is so you hear a lie. You're never going to make it. You're going to. You know that's the devil. That's the wicked one, because that does not align with Scripture, you're all alone. You're not going to make it. Why? You're going to crash and burn. Come on. That, that growth there, you're going to die. You're gonna, nobody loves you. You're all alone. You're, de- you're always going to be depressed. Those are lies. So faith in God means movement. I'm going to move my mind. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to spend more time with God than Netflix, more time with God than social media, more time with God than my friend. i want to get to know God, and I'm gonna change my thoughts. I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna renew my mind. I'm gonna be a different person in 2020. 2020 tried to isolate me and control me and put me in a prison, but I'm busting out this morning. The first thing you got to bust out, get your thoughts busted out. Get your mind busted out. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Come on, faith in God means movement. We move our bodies, lastly. We move our bodies. Come on, we act on the Word of God with the attitude. Jesus' victory, attitude of Jesus' victory. We read this Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, Romans 10, 17, hearing by the word of God. Faith, faith, faith comes, faith comes, faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, look, Look at those first two words. Faith comes, faith comes, faith comes, faith comes this morning, right now. Here's what's going on over the airwaves. And for the folks in in the auditorium right now, faith is coming, faith is coming, faith is coming. Anytime you hear the word of God, faith comes. Faith comes from hearing, 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 and hearing, continual hearing by the word of God. That's God's part. That's God's part. You didn't control that. That's God's part. God says, I'm gonna set this thing up that your life is gonna be changed by what you hear. Faith comes, it comes from hearing, 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 and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. The more you hear, the more opportunity for faith to come. Now your part, your part, is that you got to believe what you just heard. You have to believe what you just heard. That's the first hurdle to overcome. The second hurdle to overcome is now you have to act on that. you got to believe it, and you got to act on it. Let's talk about that. Let's drill down on that a little bit. Even though faith came, faith comes from hearing, hearing by the word of God. Even though faith came, it was present and it was accessible. This morning, just like Elijah, Elijah's mantle, right there, it was there. Pick it up, brother. Pick it up. Pick up the mantle. Your life is going to change, Elisha. Don't let it sit there. Come on, church. God's given you the measure of faith. Pick it up. It's in you. It's in you. Come on, it's in you. Even though faith came, it's present. It's accessible right now in your home, right there, in your apartment, right there. It's right there. It's with you. It's available. Even though it's accessible, check it out. If there's no believing on your part, if there's no believing, meaning... If you're not fully persuaded, if you're not fully persuaded, that's the way Abraham and Sarah wind up having a baby. It says he became fully persuaded of what God said. 25-year process. Crazy. Read it in Romans chapter 4. Read it. Verse 12 through 17, 18, 19, or through verse 23. Read it. Unless you're fully persuaded and unless you act like the Bible is true, nothing will change. Guys, this is this is our part. You got to believe. You got to believe. You got to renew your mind. You got to believe. Fully persuaded. I believe this. This is God's word is final authority in my life. I, I, I bet my life on it. Listen, if I die, I die. I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm going to believe by his stripes, I was healed. If I tithe, you're gonna go broke. You you can't make it, you cannot make it in Chula Vista, in Southern California with SDG and E and prices going up in the house. How are you gonna live? You can't tithe, you can't be generous, you can't give offerings, you can't support widows, you can't give missions. No, 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 you got to take. No, 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 no. That might be a fact, but that's just not the truth. The truth is, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. The truth is, I can prosper no matter where I'm at. The truth is, God's going to take care of me all the time. That's the truth. What do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe? What are you going to listen to? Where's your heart going to be focused? There's Two stories, Mark chapter 2, Luke 5, same story. Brother was Paralyzed. Couldn't get anywhere, couldn't do anything, couldn't go anywhere. He had four friends. They heard about Jesus. Somebody heard about Jesus. They packed that brother up on a stretcher, tried to get him to where Jesus was. Jesus was in a house. (laughs) They they tried to get the brother in the house. They couldn't get in from any other way. Uh, The house was packed with people, but that didn't stop them. Because faith in God will never be stopped. So the Bible says they went up on the roof and they busted a hole on the roof and let the brother down right in the presence of Jesus. And, 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 and the short version is the brother got healed. But here's what it says in Mark 2 and Luke 5. Same story, but Mark says this is what happened. Luke says this is what happened. Here's the difference. Mark says Jesus preached the word to him. All the people in the house, he preached the word. What, 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 what comes when Jesus or what comes when the word's being preached? Faith faith. Luke says, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Well, what what was it? Was Jesus preaching the word? Or was there power present? The answer is both. Whenever the word is being preached and you're hearing it, just like you're doing this morning, there's power that's present. To save you, to heal you, to deliver you, to restore you. To put the seed of the word of God in your heart that will start growing and bringing a different change in your life. Change your family. Change your future. Change your direction. Move you out of the cave. Come on. Move you out of a bad situation into a place of levelness and a place of growth and a place of change. Because you're hearing the word of God. When you hear the word of God, power is present. I believe this with all my heart. For the person who acts or person who moves or acts on the Word of God, acts in faith, anything is possible. I believe that's you. Anything's possible. Paul writes a scripture in conclusion this morning to a church that he loved, the the church at Thessalonica. (laughs) Say that three times, you'll start speaking in tongues. Come on, somebody. He said, for this reason, in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, we thank God without ceasing. Because look at this now. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which also effectually, effectively works in you who believe. That's your part. Believe. Believe. Man, look look at this now. Well, you, you heard, you received the word of God. But, but now it's working effectively in you just because you believe it. I can do that. You can do that. I see four things we will close here. Talked too long this morning. Thanks for listening. Don't miss these last four thoughts here from this scripture. Number one, here's what we gotta do. We gotta hear the word of God. We hear the word of God. Faith comes from hearing hearing by the word of God. Hear the word of God. Never shut your ears from hearing the word of God. Never shut your heart from hearing the word of God. Receive the word of God. What's that mean? Receive it. Be open to change. Make adjustments. That's attitude. That's my attention. I make adjustments. I make adjustments. Probably a lot of us don't need big adjustments. Come on, maybe you need to get off that track. But a lot of us just need small adjustments. Just receive the word. It's like God's throwing the word all the time to us. He's throwing the word. He's throwing the word at you right now. Just receive it. Catch it. Come on, like a football player. Catch it. Catch it. Catch it. Paul said this. You, you, You guys welcome the word. Hey, church at Thessalonica, Y'all welcome the word. That, that, that You just welcome. You, you made the word home up in your crib. <laughs> come on, word, hang out with me. I welcome the word. Come on, at our house, seems like every day I'm exaggerating, but with the family at the house, seems like Amazon. Come on, FedEx. Come on, we got packages coming all the time. COVID has been good to somebody, I guess. We got packages coming all the time. I want to know right now about, about what's going on with the with the delivery system is that before the package shows up, you get an email, you get a text, you get somebody, hey, package is there. Somebody taking a picture. They, 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 they give you a little beep, man, on your phone. <laughs> uh, the word's here. I want the word coming. I want the word coming. And I hear the word. And I welcome the word. And I, I enjoy the word because the word's going to change my life. It's changing your life right now if you let it. Just lastly, you believe the word. It's final authority in my life. Paul said, you got you to receive this word like, like, like it's not man talking. And I hope this morning, I mean, I'm talking, but I hope you're hearing beyond me. I hope you're hearing God talking, Jesus talking to you. You received it, not like a man or a woman, but God talking. He said this in conclusion. It's effectively works in you who believe it gets in you first come on in you it's got to be in you before you see it around you don't miss this last point i don't know about you but i want change happening out here i want change happening i want change happening i want change happening i got all this kind of, i want this i want this moving and that changing but guess what god says nothing happens out here with your sight with your circumstances till it happens in you who believe how many believers we got out there in the house today yeah i know you're doing it i know you're believing i believe your faith is growing mightily Believing's an action word i'm gonna act on it god what what are you saying how do i activate it how do i activate it we had some trouble with some credit cards Uh, uh one of our credit cards from the church kept being declined not because we weren't paying our bill we're paying our bill come on everybody it's just I know the chip was bad they said maybe the chip's bad so they said just hang on we'll send you the new card like what happens to you guys when a card you know expires and so we got the cards this this week and you've seen it we've all done it they got that little plastic thing on them they said to activate the card call the number no big deal no big deal. It used to be a big deal. They used to want blood and, you know, all kind of, you know, all kind of stuff. They don't want that anymore. Just, just call the number, and it's automated, then your, your, your card will be activated. Just call the number, told me I'm good to go. I could have had the card, and I could constantly be getting denied because I just wouldn't activate it. You got faith, it's in you, activate it with your mouth, activate it with your mind, activate it with your body, and you're going to see God work in your life like never before. Can you say a? man man wow what an amazing series principled living that you've been with us for the last eight weeks thanks for hanging out with us come on let's pray and let's believe god anybody listening this morning that you're away from god he's been far away from you you've been far away from him come on your faith will actually be a beacon that draws god to you draws god to you he's not hard to find The scripture says faith is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. The minute you pray, the minute you release a prayer with your mouth, something transpires in your heart. So come on, if you don't know Jesus, if you're away, if what the scripture says backslid, maybe you've been doing some crazy stuff in the last five months that caused you to go down a dark path. Listen, it's not over. It's not over. You just got to admit it. Gotta admit it. Come true. Be real. This is where I'm at. I'm tired. Uh, the story in Luke 15 about the prodigal son. He realized he's in a pig pen. He just said, "Man, what am I doing here? I'm going back home." So come on, back home this morning. Come on, come back home. Come back to God. And when church is open here real soon, come on, hang out with us and keep hanging out online. But let's say a prayer if you're away from him, or maybe you don't know him.